0: Being musically gifted and talented at visual presentation sounds like a dream for most of us, but for today's guest, it is a way of life. Hi, I'm George Nagel, and today we get to talk with an artist on multiple levels on how he maintains creativity. Let's get started. (music) Nino Monaco is a man of many talents. He is a songwriter, recording artist, experiential producer, brand strategist, and graphic designer. But what sets Nino apart is his unique ability to blend these disciplines into a powerful message that resonates with audiences on a deep level. Nino's journey began as a young artist driven by a passion for creative expression. He then quickly realized that the key to success in the competitive world of art and design Lay in an ability to combine his artistic talents with a strong business sense. As a graduate of the Harris Institute of Arts, Nino draws on his diverse background in music, event production, and design. Nino is a sought after expert in the field of brand strategy and visual identity disciplines. Nino was instrumental in building the event arm of a multinational company from the ground up, leading to $5 million in revenue in just three years. He is the founder and creative director of Auga Brand Designs, where he provides a multitude of services to a distinct and diverse set of clientele, such as Jack Layton, Stephen Harper, and Nelson Mandela. Nino, welcome. Hi,
1: George. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you.
0: Oh, it's always a pleasure. Let's jump right into it. Um, you know, We talk about creativity here a lot, and your art background has just everything to do with creativity. So what inspires you? about art what what really gets you excited about it
1: the inspiration comes from uh, many angles and many resources Uh, i I mean this is the world that i kind of been living in for for a very long time from you know from the age of let's say 14 uh 13 or 14 when i decided that i wanted to uh pursue music and learn how to play um drums and uh and that, you know, that, that love and inspiration for music and, and words and lyrics and storytelling in that form, uh, were certainly the, you know, the, the germ of the inspiration. And, and then eventually down the road, um, uh, I got deeper into the, um, the, the design and visual identity aspects of things. And that has shaped, um, uh, you know, how I interpret things, you know, currently. All those things, um, you know, the, the way I was brought up, let's say in that sense, um, shape and inspire me. And, um, and then, you know, it's the, um, the lifelong pursuit of just being curious, being inspired, you know. Um, you know, I, I'm inspired by a lot of things like art and movies and, and just, uh, you know, different types of design. And uh, so, when I I just soak all that stuff in, and um, again put it through my own filter, and and sometimes it spits out in certain ways, and and it works sometimes, and sometimes I just gotta you know look and and uh, and, and rework. Um, but as it pertains to, uh, let's say the X factor, which is the client, all those things that I bring in. Um, as an example, uh, are my input, but then it's the, it's the client uh, um, that also has um, also shapes the way I create as well. It depends on the client. If the client is quite, let's say, happy and hands off with my contribution and just wants to see what I'm able to to do, um, you know that. That is one thing, but then there is also the the client that has very specific requirements, and then that also shapes my ability to uh, create in certain ways.
0: So, how do you do? How do you stay in that creative process where you aren't getting stuck in one type of thinking? What is your process for, I guess, making sure you don't get stuck into that?
1: So, the inspiration also comes just from resting, and uh, just you know, kind of uh you know keeping things quiet there are times where uh i uh you know won't listen to music and i won't read i won't look at designs um and i'll just kind of you know tone it down and turn it off a little bit uh because i guess what i'm telling myself is that i just need to reboot a little bit and then um But but something interesting also happens in that that space, which is my my visualization uh, is, is just always kind of running in the background. As an example, when I was, let's say, first learning how to play drums, I was completely obsessed by it. And so when I wasn't actually physically playing the instrument, I was You know i was thinking about it and i was visualizing it i was thinking rhythmically and i was trying to in my mind create rhythms that i could then replicate when i got back on the drums and many times there were there were times um that i wasn't actually physically playing and mechanically moving but i was i was visualizing and um that kind of visualization uh i I still use, and I believe, helps me to get to different plateaus because I've imagined things so much in a certain way that when it comes to then applying it physically, mechanically, that it's it becomes, uh, let's say, maybe easier to realize, and uh, so that's you know that's kind of uh, in a nutshell. Um, what keeps me inspired Uh, and again it's the constant curiosity around any forms of art again I may stumble on things that I didn't think would be inspiring but in that moment I look at something and then I'm like you know that's really impactful right and then then I start thinking is there a way that I can incorporate some of these concepts into my own process and sometimes i can and sometimes i I do sometimes i don't it just depends on how it flushes out but so you know that is a a good question it's also loaded because i could just go on and on about the uh, what inspires me Uh, i love words i love lyrics i love certain writers uh, writers uh that have the ability to uh paint like a an amazing picture within the the framework of a three minute pop song. that is uh, i'm I'm just you know blown away by that kind of stuff because it's just a visceral, you know, very visceral experience. And uh, and ultimately, as you know, being a storyteller, um, that that's where you want to you know connect with your audience. And I'd say when it comes to storytelling versus songwriting, Songwriting, um, I think, makes personal themes universal, whereas storytelling makes universal themes personal. And so that is also kind of a a fundamental barometer that I go by when I'm creating in my own space.
0: Thinking about not only our feelings but when you're in that positive frame of mind do you think that allows for a deeper emotional level of storytelling that you know is really essential for audiences to connect to brands does that get you into that that strong emotion to where you can start to deeply resonate with a target audience?
1: Again, when it comes to the storytelling, uh, it really has to come from like a, you know, uh, from having developed a a strong sense of empathy. And I know that word comes up a lot in what we do, but really um, if you are tapped into the user journey, which should also be your inspiration, by the way, and, and I am inspired by that. That's what keeps me uh, intrigued and, and engaged. Is just always being honed in on the end user journey. Uh, it's got to really come from uh, you know uh, an organic place where you're you have a genuine interest in what the um, the audience might be and who they are and what and what motivates them. Uh, really, at the end of the day. Um, Knowing more about the, the end user journey, um, allows a creator to then best serve, uh, that audience. And if you're, you're, you're in, you know, in the middle of a project, uh, where you are trying to convey certain themes, um, about that, that audience, uh, then you're, you are well informed from that empathetic space, but also let's say, uh, from a more pragmatic angle, which is the research that you've got to do. And, uh, you know, sometimes that can be, you know, dry uh, and maybe not as inspirational as other creative endeavors, but that is part of what I have to incorporate in what I do. And so, you know, there's, there's again, it's just, um, it's an amalgam of uh, a few different, approaches to to get to that space but all of it again is um motivating and inspirational i've got i've got to continue you know feeling that way that has to be for me that has to be the kind of the unifying maybe uh, connective tissue around what i do
0: absolutely do you happen to have an example where you've actually walked through that that you can tell us
1: an example would be uh one of my clients Uh, runs uh, an agency. And so when I was initially starting to to work with him, I I was trying to devise, um, you know, from from a brand perspective, I was I was trying to devise of a story, and I was developing the tone and and the why Let's let's say like the fundamental branding things. And uh, so when, um, you know, I, I started to research his competitors. And, and then I, you know, I was looking at him and I was looking at the competitors and I was, you know, trying to think about what, what it was about his agency, um, that was different, uh, that posed a different, uh, let's see unique value proposition. And, um, you know, it it, it was not a hard determination to, to come to, which was, you know, in his competitor's sphere, there are these large agencies. And then there's, you know, uh, let's say, for lack of a better term, term, uh, one man show. And uh, so it really did feel like I could lean on the personalization aspect of his services, uh, versus the the large agency, which, you know, uh, maybe is less personalized. And it kind of did feel, you know, a little bit of, you know, uh, let's say kind of like an underdog story, like a David Goliath type of story. And then, so that becomes the fundamental, um, you know, um, let's say uh springboard for how I was going to start communicating with his audience and, um, and so then my social media uh, designs and my social media copy uh, reflected those types of uh, themes, let's
0: say. Through storytelling, you also want longevity. And I mean, that's the whole point of a story is so that it resonates throughout time and that's what people would remember. But, you know, my little knowledge on graphic design is it's, it's, so rapidly developing that it's hard to stay on top of it. So how do you manage and if you can tell us a story while telling us how you manage to stay on top of those trends and bring that timeless appeal. When
1: it comes to you know being inspired that is something that needs to be the the key is to be inspired. Um and then to, from to draw from different inspirational sources and also developing your vocabulary ar- around certain things. And, um, you know, I, I would um, let, let's say me the comparison with uh, musicians and uh, their ability to, let's say, um, you know, vamp and improvise, right? Uh, you can look at a musician, you can look at a group of guys that are, that are a, a group of people that are, that are improvising. And you can see that they uh, have A certain um, you know uh, level of linguistics around uh, the improvisation Uh, but the the key is to learn more ways of expressing yourself when it comes to improvisation Um, and then you can see that the the language is expanded and the ability to express uh, is also expanded which makes it more interesting and more compelling the same can be said uh you know around what i do and uh so i draw from many sources and you know i look like i said before i look at classic forms i look at the stuff that's happened before me and then i look at the trending things and then i look at what i bring to the table my own filter uh, but as i said before the the client is that x factor because you can bring all those things in, but you you've got to to you know consider the the person that you're in a project with and what they're resonating with, uh, and and you've also got to find the balance of c- help to connect with them, but also keeping your let's say your standard and, and your way of of expressing. So, you know, again, this is a lot of moving parts when it comes to being, uh, uh, conveying, let's say longevity. Well, the, the longevity piece, longevity piece, I would say, branding, just like marketing are long term endeavors. And, you know, just because you create something one day, it doesn't mean that it could, you know, uh, can't be augmented the next to show growth and progression uh you know uh, it, it's got to be timely it has to make sense it's got to be congruent with the with the visual identity and the digital you know sort of let's say footprint but it doesn't you know once you've created something it doesn't mean that it, that it has to be etched in stone i mean if you look at even the largest companies um you know and with their branding and their approaches they've they've there's been, you know, an evolution, right? So the long term, is really the ability to evolve with the brand and have it, you know, continue to connect uh, with the audience. And hopefully that audience is with you, and is growing and is interacting with you. So that's, you know, that's how I kind of deal with that.
0: When you are crafting and looking at that experience that you want audiences to, to really take away or the visual identity and the branding and how all that comes together, I think for, and I guess I'm thinking of product managers because I spent so much time in that realm. How do you manage that high pressure of balancing all of those things to make sure that the end clients or the end audience actually has that seamless experience
1: okay so i think george you're now we're getting into the experiential producing um aspect of things and brand from a you know let's say uh um you know a real world perspective a live event space um so to to that i would also say that the inspiration again has to come from viewing the the world from the end user that that's really where where i i I focus Um, you know once things are are being flushed out what i really want to you know i mean there's obviously the 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 hard sort of considerations budget and all that kind of thing and timing um and venue sometimes i'm involved in in you know choosing the venue sometimes I get brought in when the venue has already been, you know, there's a certain amount of, of front work that's already been done before I enter. Um, but I'm always focused in on the, the end, uh, the end user user experience. And so I consider, you know, the first steps into the building into the room into uh, or into the foyer what uh you know what feeling are they getting when they step into that space you know what you know what food is being brought in for them to have how is it presented uh, how is the uh, the lighting for example uh, in the space uh designed is it brand centric does it bring a warmth and does it convey those, you know, those, um, those key brand messages? And then when they go into the room, uh, you know, again, what's, what does that feel like? I mean, I've been in uh, involved in events where the room is warm. The room is just jammed full of people. It's uncomfortable. It's, uh, it doesn't, um, it's not consistent, uh, with, with what the, the brand, uh, really wants to say right so you know again sometimes in this regard less is more right you want to be able to convey comfort you want to be able to make sure that the running order uh, of the event is complementary and is giving people space and is giving people the time to absorb the information and then when it comes to the information how is it being absorbed Uh, what are the what are the you know let's say what's the what's the quality level of the presentation what's the quality level of the visuals and the audio components and you know are there warm fabric components to the design is there you know is there a feeling that the message is unified from the very beginning to the end again I've been in In all forms of events and and some are great and some are not. What makes an event great? Well, what makes an event great is that the message is clear. The visuals are clear. The presenters have taken into consideration that they have to say, convey a certain message, but let's say, do it in a way that allows the end user to absorb it. And then let's say, develop their own, you know, uh, thought around it. Um, uh, whereas maybe a, a lesser, uh, you know, event may have people that are just, you know, that are one after the other, there's no space, there's no breaks. The meals are, are not good. There's no time for meals. Uh, There's working lunches and, uh, you know, the production team just hates the the, the working lunches, right? Because when uh, the event is still going on, the production team is still working. So there's no break, right? And and so this is when an experiential producer would come in and say, look, there's got to be space. You've got to let people absorb the information. You've got to do it in a way that is, you know, a little um a little softer the timing has to be a certain way it has to be done in a way that is creative and possibly even entertaining that's why the speakers speakers that are involved um you know have to know what they're doing just like you i mean you do this for for a living so you know the the fundamentals of how to let's say keep the audience um engaged right um so these are uh, just a million components when it comes to events and, and tying in the messaging with with the brand. There's a lot of considerations, and so it's key that a, a um, let's say a company that is looking to do an event engage an, exper- an experiential producer to help them with formulate that messaging in a way that's going to be as impactful uh, as possible and also you know at the end of that curve is the um return on investment right the you know the success of an event part of the the metrics of the success of that event is the roi and the roi um you know um increases when you've taken the steps uh, strategically to make that happen.
0: It's a, it's a solid approach um, so that your time's being utilized and the client, as you said, has some very good guidelines as to what's coming. You know, if somebody wanted to reach out and contact you, tell our viewers and listeners the best way to do that.
1: Yeah. So um, people can get in touch with me at nino at auga.org. And or they can visit my
0: website at www.ova.org. Sounds great. Nino, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, I certainly appreciate it. And I learned quite a bit.
1: Great. Thank you, George. I appreciate the opportunity. Take care.